Now, let me introduce our speaker today. Mike Bruce Hidd, who I'm going to ask you to welcome in a minute, is a member of the Blood Reserve and a member of the Friends of the Bloodlands. He's a Kainai educator raised to have cultural respect for the earth and firmly believes that it is his duty to protect the lands as a future elder. The organization which he represents is a coalition of concerned people for the environment where we hold the earth, water, and air precious so that it will sustain our people and future generations. Now, Mike believes that fracking presents a real threat to the environment of southern Alberta. Now, we want to hear him, so welcome, Mike, and will you all welcome him now, please? Okay, thank you uh, very much. Uh, first of all, I appreciate all of your interest, whether you're for or against it. I'm going to come across sort of a, a teacher, uh, because I've had to teach myself on two new words that I've learned since uh, August and September. One is hydraulic dr uh, drilling, and one is fracking. I thought that was a dirty word, but in case I used the wrong word, forgive me. So anyhow, as you see in, uh, on the screen, kind of a preamble. You know, we're friends of uh, the Reserve, and, and this Environmental Coalition. And somebody keeps asking me, how many of you? There is a lot. And so if I could uh, give a quick preamble, there's a lot of people that have been advised not to speak out on the Reserve. I have been advised not to speak out also several calls. And so I may have repercussions employment-wise, but... I need to say what I need to say. Because if I don't, then who will, you know? So I'm not going to stick my tail between my legs and run. I think as a human being, I have fundamental human rights to free speech, and that's what I'm going to practice today. So, <laughs> One day last September, I asked the wrong question, and that's why I'm here today. <laughs> don't ever ask if the water is clean or what's going to happen to the water. Since I asked that question to some officials, they got very defensive. I was just uh, doing my uh, chores, putting up wire fence in my field there, and people drive around and stop by, and, and I asked them, they kind of informed me what was going to happen to them. Anything going to happen to the water, and they drove away. Since then, I've been very puzzled, very curious, very interested on, on the question I simply asked. And today, standing here, I have yet to get a straight answer from those officials, supposedly experts on this matter. And uh, there is also that uh, uh, there has never been true consultation with the tribe as I speak. There have been some sessions here, but it was like, you know, you're cornered here like little kids here and over there, where you actually say, you know, Mr. and Miss so-and-so, can you tell me, can you answer this question? We've never had that opportunity. And it's sad because during this process a year ago, as it was being negotiated, there was never consultation with anybody on the blood reserve. And even members of council who are supporting what my presentation is also admitted that there's not going to be. There's going to be these little workshop things, but not a true consultation. And so that has never happened. The quick summary of facts on the, the gas lease, a proposal was submitted by BOWA to Kainai Chief and Council, or more so uh, Kainai Resources Incorporated, in conjunction with Indian Oil and Gas Canada, Calgary office, where they're kind of the federal watchdogs on uh, lease uh, applications and permits. 
So there was a selected few that uh, did this uh, negotiations without the full, uh, uh, I guess, uh, 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 involvement with all of uh, council because some of the council, not the majority, were kind of in the dark but at the same time jumped on the bandwagon, some of them. Anyways, what you see on the screen is uh, 94 uh, uh, sections or 24,254 hectares that are going to be drilled and a little bit of the financial amount. My presentation today is going to be the water as it relates to environment. At some point in time, I'd like to have some of the coalition members be invited back here to talk on the financial aspects, the legal procedures on this, the surface uh, um, uh, environment uh, dangerous to this uh, hole drilling. Four or five major categories. Another major one is the health of the people. So mine is just one block of about 10 really key areas. I'm just talking about water today, but from there, you could see how everything stems from that environment-wise. So this is a five-year agreement, and as you see on the, uh, um, on the, uh, the uh, front there, $2 million were, were uh, upfronted to KRI, and, and again, there's other people that could do the financial report. Uh, what's the money going to be used for, and where, and how, and... How much left today? <laughs> Good question. So those it's been like pulling teeth trying to get, you know, true and factual information from the people uh, that are responsible. This is a, a, a layout of how many. There will be a, a total of 18 wells or eight wells drilled uh, in the gas uh, industry from uh, Bowood. And the, the part that you should remember is this point here. They're going to drill minimum depth of 100 meters or 5 meters into Devonian. I don't know how deep the Devonian. I've talked to different geologists, different uh, experts. Devonian could be like this and down another area, could be very deep. They're going to drill 1,000 meters into that Devonian or five meters, whatever comes first, you know, to reach these uh, natural gas pockets. And uh, so they're going to be doing this by fracking. And I'll get to that as I go on. So the, the, the note here is that uh, the, the minimum is going to be eight wells. There's no maximum. In checking with ERCB, you could have four gas wells per section, one in each quarter section. So I don't know if Bowood is going to maximize that and have four uh, uh, gas wells on the 94 section. Simple math, you just times four by 94, and that's how many bore holes or drill holes are going to happen if they exercise that. My question is, okay, here's they're going to be uh, uh, using eight wells minimum. They've taken out 94 sections of land. How many are there... How long are those lateral lines going to go, you know? And 1.6 kilometers, you could frack 20 times going sideways. And I got a diagram, and, you know, so I'll get to that in a minute. So those are questions. Okay, why take out 94 sections and you're only going to uh, do eight wells? I don't think it's going to stop at eight wells. I don't think so. I am not convinced that, okay, what are you guys jumping up and down? We're only doing eight what if they actually do 400 or close to 400? You know, until they prove me wrong and show their papers or cards, then maybe I might be satisfied, but I'm not convinced right now. So there is some math, uh, you know, simple math going on here. And think about it. <clears throat> moving, on, uh, moving along, the summary on the kind of resources uh, 
proposal from Murphy Oil Company, and this is the uh, the uh, oil company, and they have uh, been given a lease to drill ore, whatever the method they're going to get oil from uh, 202 sections. This is one of the largest all-time uh, drillings on an Indian Reserve in Canada because, <clears throat> excuse me, there's no other bigger reserve in Canada, you know. So, um, you know, this is a, a, a huge, historic, massive deal, you know. And a lot of people on the reserve are not applauding it. And there's some fear over there. They speak out that they're going to be held to whatever they speak out for, you know. Anyways, uh, so 202 sections. And again, as I mentioned, from ERCB, Energy Resource Conservation Board, you allowed one oil well to be drilled per section. Well, what if they go straight down like the old method and drill 202 wells? Well, either they cut that out and, and use the horizontal drilling, they're still going to drill between 50 and 100 wells. Not only uh, air pollution, but how about, just for starters, visual pollution? All these uh, black cans or rusty cans that are oil containers all over the blood reserve. You know, it's going to be a nice sore. It's going to be devastating, you know. And I'll guarantee you, wherever they, there's uh, oil, uh, oil or um, the pumps drilling, there's not going to be nobody living there. So they're actually moving selective houses to be built elsewhere, away from these things. Because unless somebody's really crazy and wants to live under, you know, uh, the uh, telephone wire lines and oil wells, you know, 50 yards away, then that person's pretty crazy because... In reality, I don't think nobody wants to live close to us. So those are locked off for life. You know, nobody's going to live in those areas. Nobody's going to build another house because there's just that inner feeling, geez, oil and gas, whenever we don't know what's coming out. There's a, there's a kind of a conscious uh, thought that we have that it's not good at all. Now, same thing as I mentioned. Um, Murphy, take note of this, minimum 16 wells. And they're going to be entering into the sunburst formation, 1.5 or 5 meters into the sunburst. So if the sunburst is 1,000, 2,000, 8,000, 10,000 meters into the ground, that's how deep they're going to go. That is how deep they're going to go. And even at that, they will go into that rock. And, that, and through my readings and maps that I can't really print out here because I'll be here for five days doing this lecture, and you guys will have to shave and go home and wash, you know. <laughs> the sunburst formation is actually why they call it sunburst Montana. There is a formation here that oil companies, gas companies have been after, you know. And again, there's any geologists here, I think you know what I'm talking about. You know, so I'm not speaking from the top of my head, and nor am I speaking as, as a, an expert. This is my research because nobody has ever given this to me, nor any tribal member in the history of uh, the Blood Reserve. This is the first time the people in authority have been questioned that there's a watchdog effect on you guys, because in the past we just sat there, you know, the Indians saying, you know, that they're going to drill and hit the, hit the oil and then distribution, distribution. We just thought dollar signs. Well, nowadays, not only me, I've got young people from college, high school, university asking really technical questions. You know, Mike, Mr. Bruce said, uh, is that thing kind of dangerous? And I'm saying, yeah, I'm not convinced that it's safe. 
And they said, well, you should read my stuff. So they, even before I start my research, these young people have done theirs. So I don't think we're going to be able to pull the wool over young people anymore. You know, I think they're getting sophisticated here. So there's no limit of number of wells to be drilled. Now, here's the interesting part. On the top there, you'll see the blue line. I wish I had a, a ruler or a light thing there. Right on top, you'll see the blue. Those are the 94 sections, and those are all southwest of Lethbridge. So the gas drilling, is that's where it's going to happen. All it takes is one, man, one man-made disaster, one natural earthquake to crack a casing, or what have you. There's something that's going to seep into the environment, into the air. So I guess sour gas has no... Uh, prejudices. It's going to blow across the river. It's not just going to stay on the blood reserve. And I've been told that you're fear-mongering. Well, maybe so, but at least I'm on the prevention side, you know, because intervention is far too late, you know. So, again, and then you'll see the zigzag, the highway there, all this, where I could quickly go over there. Terrain of the blood reserve. It's kind of like the middle is like that. So everything, when it rains and, and floods, the water slowly ends up in the rivers of Belly River, St. Mary River, Old Man. If anything should leak out, you know, it's going to come and collect at the Old Man River. Now, if somebody wants to prove me wrong, go ahead. If Bowood is here, tell me I'm lying. Tell me that, Mr. Bruce, that you're way off base. Because I don't think so. I, all I want is the truth of this matter. Will we contaminate or destroy our water? I've yet to have an answer. And I don't think I will. You know, all this is of my own research. Nobody gave me, Mike, here's the correct information. You read it and then keep quiet. Nobody has given me information. And I doubt it. any of us here will get the information. So, now, somebody asked me, you're against economic development. I am not. I'm actually trying to save it. And I'll tell you a scenario here. You'll see a little pocket there, just surface, not underground contamination yet, but if something should interfere with BTAP operation, which is the $94 million operation, if water should come through the uh, irrigation, through the canals. And some say, well, the canals have a high bank. There's no, there, it can't happen. Well, yes, there's two low-lying reservoirs. And one they're going to drill is called Fox Lake, which is this area. That can contaminate BTAP. That is an economic development. I'm a rancher. I have cattle. If my cattle get poisoned, and I still have no proof, I've lost cattle, you know, Every spring runoff, one or two lying by the coulee there, and I'm like, what is going on? And these are healthy cattle. I don't know what's going on. I got no proof, you know. I never thought of it till this whole word about fracking. It's a really bad word. Um, so moving on. And this is the interesting part that I took out of the uh, Oil Week magazine February. That is the drill up there. I know my elders have never seen a diagram. To be told that is how far you go and the lateral lines that can go from either two laterals or five laterals. This is out of the oil week. So somebody said, oh, Mike, your drawing is crazy. I took that. That's how come the little word there so I don't get 
sued for copyright or patent right, but I'm giving it, you know, credibility. I got this from the oil week. I might as well go to the source. So the aquifers, whether they're high or low, is what's going to be damaged, and I'll quickly show you. There could be several aquifers in this drilling. So on, unless somebody tells me, no, no, no. Some of the readings that I've read, the casings, that pipe that's going down is where it's going to destroy some of the contamination. Now, just quickly going on, this is Peter McKenzie, Broom, uh, Revolution Repeated, and uh, this is the Oil Week. Many are two to three kilometers in length. All right, I need to speed up here, and they include geosteering. Geosteering meaning from on top you could make that line where they want to go. And uh, a two-kilometer horizontal lake can host up 20 hydraulic fracks. And, uh, and again, he also said, unacknowledged regulatory responses by provincial governments within Western Canada. I'm very curious what that means. Do we actually have regulations that spill out, there, there, Mr. Oil Man, Mr. Gas Man, this is what you cannot do. This is from this magazine. And people, if you want to call uh, Peter McKenzie, what he meant by that, do call him. Now, Alberta Oil, a case in point, a suit of amendments announced late last year by the industry watchdog includes changes aimed at accommodating the unprecedented wave of horizontal drilling targeting tight oil and shale gas as well as the sharp rise of situ. Now, this is an interview by Jeff Lewis interviewing Steve Smith, who I have written to, hasn't written back. Steve Smith is the executive manager of ERCB. So this is late last, last year. That means late last, last December, last November of regulations. He, he's saying this, you know. So if somebody wants to say, Mike, you're crazy. Well, you call him then, you know. So, uh, the increasing involves uh, rock splitting injections of frac fluid. Frac fluids. That's where it's starting. He did not mention what. What are the frac fluids, which is the secret recipe of oil companies? And then, in his opinion, 1.6 kilometers sideways across deposits, sometimes further, horizontal well effectively changes the distribution of everything from well pads to bumper trucks to storage tanks at ground level. All that changes. It's just not straight. This is Steve Smith talking, not Mike Brewstead, you know. And then there have been uh, supplemented over years, and we've revised, but we haven't gone back to take a fundamental look at the premises of those regulations in number of years. And he's talking about 1940s, 50s, 60s. They've kind of gone back a little bit here, but never a complete overhaul. Regulations. This is the watchdog of ERCB. Then, continuing, the average well is 8,000 deep, and this, is, this uh, information is from Gasland. The average well is 8,000 deep. At the depth of drinking water aquifers is about 1,000 feet. So imagine 1,000 feet on that well. Aquifers start. The problems stemming stem from poor cement well casings that leak natural gas as well as frac fluids into water wells. Generally, 1.8 million gallons of water may be used to frack a well, and a well may be fracked up 18 times. 18 times. So every time they use that, they could frack it 18 times. That's a lot of water. And for each frack, eight, 
80 to 300 tons of chemicals can be used, if they're going to use chemicals. I wonder how many tons, if they're going to use oil and sand, I mean water and sand, or if, like they say, they're going to use a, a propane a liquid, how, many propane is going to, how much propane is going to go down there. Regardless, what's the safety mechanism? I'm standing here, I'm not 100% convinced that everything is going to be drilled out because... You know, only 30% of the water is typically recovered from the well. This wastewater can be highly toxic. 30% of what they put in there is only recovered. I mean, 70, 50 to 70% stays in the ground, and that would slowly come to its surface on its own at some point in time. When you crack rock, it's going to happen. So moving on. KR Director, companies will not be using liquid or, uh, or water-based frack. Bowood, their open house, supposedly said they're going to use liquid propane. And the director of KRI saying that there's no, using no liquid, they just contradicted themselves. What is really going on, you know? And uh, CO2 or nitrogen will not be used, you know, I don't believe it. And then no water will be used for the fracking process. Well... We talked to, uh, uh, the, the group talked to Bowood and Murphy, and one of them said that they'll be getting water, and this is where people from the surrounding area need to really check it out, that they'll be getting their water 20 kilometers off the reserve. 20. They were asked, and the group said, what? Okay, five minutes. And then, so I want to just quickly skim through here. And the Blood Tribe and Council clearly indicate to me that consultation with band members, their duty, and uh, this is uh, straight to Crowfoot. He told the callers from our group, no, Chief and Council met with you guys. We told no, they never met. Chief and Council told me, yeah, we talked to all the people last year. They never did. So, you know, the truth again. Now, this part here. Agricultural land resources. This is the aquifer vulnerability index for Alberta and the south. And I don't know if you could really uh, see it. Blood reserve is not really highlighted, but the green-yellow is midstream out of five. And right where they're fracking, we have green, yellow, and a little bit of red, where aquifer vulnerability is there. This is from uh, the Alberta Agricultural, whatever. The vulnerability is there. I did not make up this map. Aquifers can be damaged. The red you see up there is highly vulnerable. So two things. They don't have to go too deep or these waters are very close to the surface, like could be maybe even less than 1,000 meters or more. We're not even talking about the deep aquifers yet. This is vulnerable aquifers, and they're right across blood reserve. You know, again, I didn't make this map, so anybody wants to throw tomatoes at me, throw them into the agriculture. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> dissolved solvents is where I come in. I had my water tested the other night, and not all the chemicals, but the so-called TDS, total dissolved solids. My cold water uh, tap read 215 my hot water read uh, 227. Oops. 27. And uh, I've had that kind of, I, I haven't drank my water since they they drilled a gas well about 1,000 meters. So this 1,000 meters is still no protection. 
and my wild, I can't drink it. I've been buying bottled water since then. That's about, you know, seven years ago. And the acceptable level, get this, for total dissolved solids is six, 8 to 16. 8 to 16 is the safe. 50, you could live with it, but all of a sudden you're going to get side aches and whatever. I got 227. Now, my neighbor number one down the hill, my brother, his water is 400. 400. When we kicked the oil companies out of the pasture, what they do? They went across the river and drilled, you know, right adjacent to the Cross River. 400. You know, in the high 400s. And then my third neighbor, my other brother, Byron, he's got 300. And here's the interesting fact. He gets his water. People bring water to him, cistern, because his original water well is seismic. 50 yards away, water's no good. They wreck the plates in there. This, this is seismic. His water reads from the delivery of water in the 300s, either from the old agency pump or the standoff well, where they are. That is not safe. This is as of the other night. You know, so I don't really know what everybody's drinking that has a cistern on the blood reserve. If it's already bad, it's going to get worse. I guarantee you, it's going to get worse if we damage these uh, underground aquifers. The facts, hydraulic fracking, horizontal drilling is going to happen, and the chemicals range from methane, bethane, if they're going to go that route. But uh, number eight, Murphy and Bowood were asked, Companies agree that they don't know where all the water is and no one has done accurate scans for locating the aquifers. And they both did not, they both did not agree to find them and test them. They admitted this less than five days ago. It's like that's why I have to change my, my presentation every hour almost. They don't know where it's at, these two companies. They had a direct call from one of our coalition members couple nights ago, a couple days ago, that was their response, you know. And then, the, so there's, the potentiality is there. Some of the concerns, two minutes, uh, there's no emergency disaster plan, no health safety plan with risks for anybody close to it, and uh, companies question where will water come from, and this way I already stated, that it will get uh, 20 kilometers off blood reserve. They're also asked the waste management, all that. They even said that, no, we're going to dump it off the reserve. You guys be aware. But at the same time, you be forked tongue, you know, since that uh, lateral is going to be a forked tongue, it might be under reserve, you know. And there's no legal guarantees. There's nothing in the contract guaranteeing Murphy and Bowood that all this will not happen. Put your mouth and money where it belongs. It's open-ended. There's nothing. There's nothing there that if they, any disaster happens, anybody gets blown up in an explosion, there's nothing in that agreement. And so Murphy and oil using compressed fracking is a client of gas frack. Gas frack is the company you heard back in uh, January 16th, 15th, 16th in Edson where three people got burnt close to the site or on the site. Gas frack. So they subcontract to gas frack, you know. So I think people need to read up gas frack. That was totally news to me, you know. So I will end on off on this note. I've talked like an auctioneer. Friends of Kainas Ksakhkoi, me, everybody here that is part of this coalition, the Bloodlands Environmental Coalition will continue to offer tobacco, sacred berries, and water to the earth to give thanks for all its uh, 
for all it provides. And the other religions, other churches who have no discrimination in our coalition, they'll be praying for the safety of our lands, water, and their children. And so I'll end there. I've got pictures here which I will leave on and then go from there. I thank all of you for listening to me.